right, it is another week of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio, he's Ben. Ben, what episode are we up to? 230. Oh my goodness, 230 episodes. Wow, that's mm. pretty cool. Indeed, sir. Um, and, sorry, and go on. A little bit of housekeeping before we get started, just ever so briefly. Um... I have to say thank you to our audience just very quickly because I was going through some recent analytics over the last 30 and 90 days, and um, we have just exploded, uh, ladies and gentlemen, in terms of in terms of listenership. So I really appreciate that. Um, well, we really appreciate that. <laughs> And um, specifically, I want to point out one platform to you guys. Uh, less than a week ago, I believe it was three days ago, we officially joined Amazon Music. And I was not expecting any measurable statistics for, for at least 30 to 90 days because that's typically how long it's taken in the past to register a new platform once we get on with something. Well, you guys found us on there before we could even say something to you live on the air because for our seven days... So you have those numbers? Yes. For our... our, Keep in mind, we've been been on that service for three days now, and for our seven-day statistics, Amazon Music accounts for 33% of our listenership and for the for the 30 day um listenership you guys have already registered on that with four percent of our overall uh listenership over that period in three days so you guys are absolutely killing it thank you very very much thank you thank you and no, we, no, we, we won't. We won't tell you the shush. <laughs> no, we won't tell you the shush. <laughs> All right. So, um, see, we well, actually, we have a we have a pretty um tight show. We have a modified version of this week in wrestling. Just can do quick high points, low points, uh, because the main focus of tonight's show is going to be. Two, not one, but two pay-per-views that took place today. And Tony Khan can say that WWE took a shot at, at AEW because they they booked theirs way before Tony Khan did. Exactly. And of course, those two shows being ROH Final Battle, which took place earlier today at 4 p.m. I love those pay-per-views that take place at 4 p.m. Brings back childhood memories. Yeah, and actually this show ended up being so much better than I had anticipated. Um, and, and we'll get into it. Um, but obviously interest in the show was massively boosted uh, three days beforehand on Dynamite when FTR versus the Briscoes 3 was officially announced. I mean, I mean, uh, we'll get into it in detail. Don't worry about that. I, mean, but like, I, have, a, I have a question. Yeah. Now, okay, I hate Bleacher Report, but like, uh, they, like, I look at the AEW things, 
even yeah. though I have my own grades. But when they had when they uh, had uh, the NASA Briscoes and uh, FTR three, they had a picture of um, the gun club, uh, whatever uh, the the gun club uh, holding uh, dog collars. Oh, because because on um on dynamite um the, the gun club had, were the ones that had announced that um the briscoes had challenged um ftr and then oh okay i must miss then, that part yes and then after um and then after the match at final battle earlier today um the uh the gun club came out and attacked FTR from behind before the Briscoes came back in to make the save. Oh wow! Okay. So, so now, now this sets up FTR versus the Gun Club, and and all due respect to the Gun Club, they're they're young kids, and and this is a massive opportunity for them. I don't want to take anything away from them, but to go from you know FTR versus the Briscoes to now FTR versus the Gun Club. Um, you know, I I think I think this sets up a much um, easier um, AEW run at least for 2023 um, for FTR than 2022 was, mm-hmm. um, because still even after they lost the the Ring of Honor um, tag team titles, because obviously they lost to the Briscoes earlier today, they still hold the IWGP. And AAA tag titles, so they're yeah. still they're still going to be busy, but a little a little bit was taken off their plate, and I I do think it was the right move for um for the Briscoes to take um to take hold of the Ring of Honor tag titles, especially um especially as hopefully Ring of Honor moves closer um to having a TV deal because Tony Khan did announce um. After the show, as part of the um, meet, as part of excuse me, as part of the media scrum for for final battle, that um, that um, future um, pay per views and um, and TV shows would be airing for now on the Honor Club, which for those of you that don't know was the ROH equivalent to kind of the WWE network and that has now been relaunched. So for example, within like three months, tonight's show will be added to that service and that will be available for like $9.99 or $9.99 a month. So it's exactly like the WWE Network for Ring of Honor. But hopefully this is the next step toward a a TV deal for Ring of Honor. All right. So uh, before we get into the pay-per-views, we say we get into this modified uh, version of uh, This Week in Wrestling. I have all my notes right in front of me right now. I do as well. Let's get it going, man. So Monday Night Raw, uh, high points I had... uh, I had uh, the Usos and Kevin Owens, Matt Riddle, the Oscar Bailey, Rhea Ripley, and the Alex Bliss, Nikki Cross, Becky Lynch match. 
the Seth Rollins promo. The only low point I had was the JBL Poker Invitational. I don't get what they're doing with this. Well, well, let's see, let's just say the JBL, um, you know, Invitational just sucks. It does. Um, what I can appreciate them trying to um, reinvigorate the character of Baron Corbin, but what they need to do is go back to the Lone Wolf version yeah. of Baron Corbin because I think we have we have established through years of trial and error with this guy that he is he is a very solid wrestler in the ring, but from a character perspective. He has been spinning his wheels since they took the lone wolf gimmick from him. Yeah, so. you know, you know, you kill him off and keep him off TV, let him grow his hair out, whatever, and uh, then bring him back as a lone wolf. Yeah, well, um, I don't, I don't know about, I don't know about killing him off. This isn't Impact Wrestling. No, I like hope. Uh, well, not literally. I mean, like, just like find a, think of a way to write him off TV for a while. Yeah, have you seen that? No, I, I, I know. Apparently, someone got Eric uh, Young got stabbed. Literally. Yeah, but that, fuck? this is this is literally the second time that that impact wrestling has killed somebody off impact wrestling is so stupid i just don't get that company anymore i don't understand where they're going <laughs> I, I i really don't you know, you know what i swear you know what impact wrestling is impact wrestling is if you're alice and you fall down the rabbit hole and you end up in <laughs> the upside down world yeah that's per what impact wrestling is that, that's wonderland precisely that's where you land at the bottom of the rabbit hole exactly yeah yeah freaking scott the morris the mad hatter controlling everything <laughs> i i love it absolutely love it. especially <laughs> especially since you uh since you subjected me to an alice in murderland description <laughs> 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 Which I'm sorry, by the way. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll remember not to do that anymore. Well, you're not forgiven. It sounded like a mix between a bad porno and a horror movie. Like, what the hell? You're not forgiven. But at least you had a nice tie-in this week. All right, so what do you have for Robert? Um, I had much the same high points. Um, although... Although only one of the um, women's triple threats qualified as a high point. Okay. Which one? Which, the which Bailey? Was the, which was the Bailey one. Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I understand why some people were kind of surprised that Rhea Ripley didn't win because of the way that she's been positioned lately. I actually but, thought, I, I thought it was actually going to be a Rhea Ripley and a Becky Lynch winning this week. Well, and 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 that's perfectly understandable, uh, to be quite honest with you. But I think if you if you if you approach this from a more um, long term perspective, it makes sense that Rhea Ripley didn't win. And let and let me explain that just very quickly because I do want to I do want to get you out of here semi quickly, and we'll get you tucked into bed so you don't miss your Christmas party. Um, but, um, but I think 
I think with what Rhea is doing with the Judgment Day and Dominic, and just how overall her presentation has gotten better under Triple H, I, I, I think she would be much better off winning the title at WrestleMania. Okay. So that's what I would do. Right. And, and quite frankly, quite frankly, um, damage control through no fault of the quality of the talent in the faction has been absolutely floating in nothingness. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 I mean, it is astonishing to me. I'm, I can barely complete a sentence because when I, I sound like Joe Biden talking about damage control because, um, because when these three women de- debuted together at SummerSlam. That was awesome. Yes, it was. And I'm like, okay, this is going to propel the women's division, at least on Raw, uh, to the next level. And that has not been the case nope. at all. Uh, and um, the women's division, at least on Raw, with the names that you have involved, and I'll even take that over to SmackDown. Just in general, with the women's division and the names you have involved in it, they should be much better off than they are. But let's be honest. The women's division, in my opinion, and feel free to shoot your virtual bullets at me, IWC, because I know they're coming. <laughs> You know, but oh, I'll tell you a story off air about one of these uh, IWC uh, fanboys. Okay, but so I know they're coming, and I know people have different opinions, and again, but I'm gonna say what I need to say because that's just how I'm. You have an I'm opinion, not, really? Uh, I'm I'm not the PC wow. guy. Wow, he okay, has an opinion. I'm not I'm not politically correct. Yeah, go on. Okay. But in terms of the presentation of the women, what we're looking at right now is the worst that they have looked since we got rid of the term diva. Okay? Mm. This shit sucks. You like the word diva? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, wait, to what? Because you said since they got rid of the word diva. I, ne- I never liked the term diva. No, I, mean, I, no, I hate it. I mean, don't get me don't get me wrong, okay? When I when I was a teenager and all of that, you know, and 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 seeing Tori Wilson and Sable going through the, you know, the bikini contest, and then and then you know Lita and all of that, I'm like, holy shit, I'm happy as fuck. But you know, but in terms of professional wrestling and women, uh. And and in all seriousness, as a wrestling fan, because I above above everybody in in women's wrestling, I have always been a Lita guy. That has always been my person. Much much as Rey Mysterio is on the men's side of things. And so when when her and Trish Stratus main evented Raw in I believe it was two thousand four, mm-hmm. um, and uh, coincidentally that was just, that was the same night I thought that uh, that Lita broke her damn neck. Thank God she didn't. But um, 
But I'm like, okay, this is the kind of women's wrestling that we need. And maybe this is the turning point. But of course, that was a one off. And then I got all disappointed. And although, we had. Although today's uh, women's wrestling is uh, much better than the 80s because I've been watching a lot of the videos from the 80s on YouTube and those matches. Oh my God. Yeah, they are they're like Bob Backlund level. You know how Bob Backlund like does that seventies eighties style wrestling. That's this for the women's. Well, you know, but for for Bob Backlund in his day, I can understand why he was considered one of the best. I can, but that being said, and I can I can say this because I I have. Largely because of this podcast, I have become much more familiar with pro- professional wrestling before my time. Um, you know, but when Bob Badling came back in the early 90s and was, you know, was wrestling um, people, um, you know, of, of that time frame, he got exposed quickly. And it became very obvious to me why Sid Sid Vicious beat him so quickly. Because, holy shit. Sid Vicious? Or uh, You mean for the the belt, for the championship? No, did I, did I, I'm sorry, did did I say Sid Vicious? I meant meant Diesel, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking, like... I'm not. I'm not a moron. I. I. I meant. I meant Diesel. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, um, speaking of speaking of Diesel, um, this is one of the positive moments for the IWC. I was actually proud of these people. Um, on this occasion, um, as we talked about several weeks ago, unfortunately, uh, Kevin Nash's son. Passed away at the age of 26, which is just terrible under any circumstances, but um, especially under a circumstance such as this, with uh, what what happened to him. But um, but um, as a result, um, Kevin Nash made a request of his fans because of something that uh, Tristan, that's his son, what he wanted, and that was um. 100,000 subscribers to the, to their show click this um that he did with his dad cuz that uh, apparently that was really important to the both of them and um and um the fans stepped up and easily got them over 132,000 subscribers so so they got that in the bag and I was I was very um I was very happy for Kevin Nash cuz as as a wrestler I have kind of been um, I've been kind of harsh on on Nash um, in the past uh, and on this show, qu- quite frankly. Um, but just hearing what he had to say on that show and what he's been through, um, you know, it, it made me feel good that at least he got that little piece of happiness for mm-hmm. his son. So. Um, shout out to him because from a human perspective, you know, 
no, nobody's going after him, and and we and we strictly talk wrestling on this show. Nobody's trying to, you know, go after you know somebody personally because we might not like something uh, on on screen. So, um, you know, some things are bigger than wrestling, and that's certainly one of those situations. So, shout out to the fans for doing that for Kevin and his son. Yeah, but getting back to. Uh, Getting back to Raw, uh, other than other than taking that one uh, triple threat match out of the high points, um, you pretty much nailed my high points and low points. So we'll move on to um, um, NXT because I did watch that. NXT was weird. <laughs> that that was not. It wasn't not a, a good show. Um. Well, no, I I don't think so either, and. And you know, I'll say it again in case we have any um new in case we have any newish people listening in. Um, once this show gets posted tomorrow or the or the next day after that, depending on uh Elio's schedule. Um, typically, I do not watch NXT on a, a weekly basis because it is just physically painful. Uh, for me, and quite frankly, it's emotionally painful as well because ever since NXT Black and Gold died, my interest in the NXT product went with it. And Shawn Michaels isn't helping. No, absolutely not. And um, it has, we've talked about that a little bit in the past, but our, our suspicions of, of Shawn Michaels' culpability in that situation has since been uh, confirmed by his his own words. So, you know, Shawn Michaels may be um, arguably the best wrestler in the world, and I'm not taking that away from him. Um, he became a fantastic human being, but he is not a fantastic uh, professional wrestling booker. Nope. Um, and, um, you know, NXT just seriously needs some help. But I felt that it was necessary to watch this show in preparation for deadline. So, um, so go on. What do you have? For, you go first for your high point, low points. So I had um, Axiom versus Von Wagner versus Andre Chase as a high point. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Axiom, so I'm glad that he got that um, spot. I had, um, let's see, did I have any high points? Let me keep going here. They're hard, they're hard to find when it comes to uh, NXT, so just give me a second. Um, oh, and then, and then I, I know we kind of talked about this, but um, I kind of like the segment where um, Braun Breaker and Apollo Crews went fishing. You like, you like you like that? Uh, well, well, yes and no. I mean, I, I put that as a low point, but like, okay, go on. What would you think about it? Let, and let me explain, because I completely understand where you're coming from. Listening as a low point, don't get me wrong, but it was just it was so different from what we would typically see. Like, who the fuck? <laughs> the fuck goes fishing at a professional wrestling show? <laughs> like, you know, it was just, 
it was it was so random that it was funny. But if I join you, you got room for one more. <laughs> yeah, and, and especially um especially following up the segment that they had in the diner, you know, it was just kind of it was just kind of cool to have something a little bit different. I'm saying the, uh, the, the acting was just terrible. Like it was the, 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 like their dialogue was so forced. So so forced. Well well and that part was terrible, but the very <laughs> the very concept that Braun Breaker and Apollo Cruz were going fishing <laughs> I found that I found that to be funny. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I I mean I literally I literally okay. Busted and got laughing my ass off. All right. So, um, but other than other than that, I really didn't have any more high points. Um, and the first the first low point that uh, that I want to give, and I want to ask you a question because you're the guy that watches NXT on a regular basis. Um, Grayson Waller's uh, talk show segment. Yeah. Uh, two things. Number one, how often does he do those? You know what? I really don't know if he does them like every week or like every other week. I'm not I, because it's hard to tell. Like uh, some weeks, it's like we got to waste one effect, and next week we have nothing. So I. Cause it's hard I, to tell. I really wasn't getting that. He was because ho- he was hosting his. His fellow combatants in the men's um, Iron Survivor Series. I don't understand Iron Survivor Series. My sorry. My apologies. His, his um, fellow combatants in the men's Iron Survivor match. Yeah. And it just came off like as one of the weirdest things on the show. So that was a low point. Yeah. And of course we're gonna get a brawl to set up the match at the pay per view. It's just so, you know, formulaic and blah blah blah. Yep. Um and, and then oh any match that involves Wendy Chu in her onesie is gonna be a low point. I'm sorry. Oh, come it on. Just, it just is. And then oh oh my god. What it no no, 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 we're moving on. But can someone please explain to me what in the fuck was stay a hell on uh, you know, this past Tuesday? That was funny. Yeah, I'm telling you, she, she's funny. The, the Chase U stuff is garbage, but... Uh, she oh, I, I, it, it, it's she's the one that just that just makes those segments. So because other <laughs> other than her being there, like the segments suffered garbage. I'm like say uh, um I don't know you very well, I don't watch this show, you're very attractive. Um this segment was very funny. Um I give you credit for that. But may I suggest some Valium? <laughs> 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 you're, you're a little too overexcited, you know. <laughs> you know, settle down there. I'm, so, I'm sorry, but I'm going back to the Wendy Chu match. I was surprised to see Indy Hartwell win. Yeah, I was too. They're um, 
They're really trying to do something with in, with Indy Hartwell and. But um, they they've been trying for a long time. I, I don't know if it's just she's not getting it or what. Well, I think she was doing good for a while, and then her her performances started to suffer. And I think, um, I, uh, and usually I I hitch a fit when the producer tries to kick us off the air, but. I think he's trying to get us to stop talking about the NXT TV show as quickly as possible. <laughs> I, I kind of agree with him. Um, so we'll be right back with our um, high points and low points on AEW Dynamite. All right, we're back, and we're going to move on to our high points and low points for AEW this weekend. For high points, I have to give it to the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Jericho Appreciation Society and the Acclaim versus FTR. Wow. I never thought I'd see the day where you give the Jericho Appreciation Society a high point. Well, in comparison to like everything else on there, I mean, Samoa no, I... Joe and Darby Allen, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's... um. You know, don't get me don't get me wrong, folks. I have appreciation for both guys, especially Samoa Joe. If you go back in the annals of of, of history on this show, and if you knew me as a fan way back, as soon as I discovered uh, Samoa Joe and uh, Impact when I started watching in two thousand five, yes, I am that old. Shut up. Um. You know, I I was always a fan, and I always I always had fun, and, but you know, it's just every like for instance, every time Darby wrestles, as much as I appreciate what he can do, I'm always concerned that he's going to die. Seriously, I think he needs to change that finisher. That coffin drop is gonna is gonna. Uh, he's gonna do ex- execute it the wrong way, and one of these days, and really hurt himself. What well, is what? There's that, and then that's absolutely um, that's absolutely a valid point. Um, but it's not just the coffin drop, Elio. It's almost every single move that this yeah. guy does. He's a, he's just like no, you don't have to do all that. Like you know. Save the high spots for, you know, pay-per-view matches or something. Mm-hmm. But you don't go in there and fucking, you know, kill yourself every single time. I know I know the old adage, you know, you risk life, life and limb every time you step in the ring. You don't have to take that literally, Darby. <laughs> Seriously. You're a young kid, but by the by the time you're fifty, you're gonna move like you're a hundred and five. I swear to God, stop. Just I and and I'm not trying to criticize him. I appreciate Darby, but it's like he's trying to be he's trying to be Jeff Hardy on crack cocaine. It, it's just that's that's how it comes across to me, and it. It, it's almost to the point where it gets annoying because you know exactly what Darby's going to do every single time. And it's almost like I'm I'm, foc- I'm not focused on what the guy can do in the ring. I'm focused on is this guy going to get significantly hurt today? 
and that, of course, that one leads right into Battle Point. So, which uh, was that one as well as the Battle Royal, the Diamond, uh, Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal? This Diamond Dynamite Diamond Ring thing is just. Although, although that was a high point and low point because low point for the match, high point for the Ricky Starks promo. Absolutely, Rick, Ricky Starks killed it. That was that was the promo of his career so far. Um, and, um, you know, you took the words right out of my mouth with that because, correct me if I'm wrong, Elio, but wasn't the tournament that Ricky Starks just won to determine who was going to face, um, the world champion at winter is coming? Yes, next week. Right. So, okay, so I wasn't mistaken. No, Winter's so, coming at is next week, yep. Right, so, so the, the, and to my understanding, the same thing was on the line for this, for this Rumble scenario, this Battle Royal. What? The, the same thing, the winner faces MJF. Yes. That is so stupid. What the so so what he has two opportunities then? Because he only has one, but he has another one. No no, I'm assuming he just has one, but I thought he already had that. Why would he have to go through a you know, battle royal? So the battle royal meant absolutely nothing to begin with. So so once again, and I have a lot of there are there are certain times where I have a lot of appreciation for Tony Khan, but there are some times where it's just I, I feel like ba- like bashing my head against the desk until I start to bleed because that would make a lot more sense than what I see on AEW TV sometimes. Yeah, because because you know we, you could pretty much second guess every booking decision that every wrestling promoter has ever done. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about when something is so obvious that it's so stupid. Like I, I felt the same way. Like, why would um, you know, like why would Austin Theory cash in his money in the bank when it was an, when when it was a fucking <laughs> open challenge? It, it was, it, yeah. it, it's the same thing here when Ricky Starks is in a battle royal to you know to determine who faces. You know, MJ, or whether it was for the dynamite diamond ring, like who gives a fuck? You already, you're already facing the the champion next fucking week. Oh, oh, and by the way, that was doubly verified because you had you cut the promo of your life, um, a- after the fact. So just cut the promo and cut the match completely out because. It was completely, it was, the match itself was completely fucking useless until the final four. Completely. And of course, uh, my last low point, uh, Jade Cargill's team against Kira Hogan's team. Do we even have to say it at this point? Nope. Do we we even have to include Jade Cargill as a low point. It's it's just a it's a understanding. It's a mutual understanding, folks, that every time Jade Cargill is on our screen, it's going to be a low point. Yep. And 
you know, I said it last week for new viewers, and I'm, I'm only going to say this one more time. So be patient with me. I'll let you know because it's going to be one sentence long, very abbreviated. Uh, in the past, I've, I have uh, explained why I don't like Jake Cargill anymore. Go, go back in, in the, the history of this podcast, a few episodes, and you'll find it. Um, but, you know, but the bottom line is Jade Cargill consistently proves she cannot wrestle. She is not worthy of an undefeated streak. By the way, neither was fucking Goldberg. <laughs> um, and he comes from that he's going to wrestle again. No one wants that. Uh, well, fuck no, please. I mean, I it's I swear to God, I would I would rather. I uh, uh, I I can't even describe what I w- what I would rather do because I can't come up with something graphic enough to cover my disgust. No, but it's just I don't care about Jay Cargill and people might get confused over over like you know oh. You know, is it the race thing? Is it the is it the woman thing? Is it the character thing? No, it's none of that. I I have been I have been very complimentary of of Jade Gargill in the past, um, and a lot of those factors still stand. But the bottom line here, folks, she has not improved worth a damn. She hasn't faced the top three women in this fucking company on her undefeated streak. What are we doing here? And who the... I mean, you know, I can get behind an attractive woman just as much as the next guy, but, you know, who the fuck cares about the baddies? What do they do? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. I don't understand. Somebody explain this to me. I mean, I mean, I, 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 I don't mean this. I don't mean to be a smartass, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just being, I'm, I'm just being real with you. I'm just shooting you straight. I did not know what a baddie was a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> I had to look up the definition. I'm like, what the fuck? No, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, um, well, why can't they just say it's an attractive woman with an attitude? Like, like, what the fuck? You know, like, okay, it doesn't mean anything to me at all. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Jade Cargill doesn't mean anything to me at all. One, because her stick is boring, and two, because of the past, uh, the past, um, you know, comments that she's made, um, which pretty much vilified people exactly like me on a multitude of levels. Um, and I'm just, I'm done with it. So, Jade Cargill, you are a walking low point on my TV screen every single week. So thanks, but no thanks. Bye-bye. All right, so uh, do you have 
how do you have the same high point low points or um pr- pretty much let me let me look yeah we talked about we talked about the battle royal um we talked about Ricky being a high point we we talked about our um our kind of thing about Darby Allen blah 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 let me look. I what are they doing with Jake Hager? I guess that's a, that's another walking low plane with his fucking purple hat. Oh, we put the hat in the book last night. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we we called it Barney's <laughs> lost hat. <laughs> shout, shout out to Tony and Clay. I I can appreciate that. Um. You know, I just, um, yeah, I had the exact same high points as you. All right, so on to SmackDown. On to SmackDown. Go ahead. Um, so this will be a very quick show for me. Um, high points uh, were the opening contest between the Usos and the Brawling Brutes. Yep. And Imperium um, versus the New Day. Okay. And uh, low points were the women's match uh, with the women's tag team match. Who cares about Ronda Rousey? Why is she still employed in the WWE? Listen, just real quick, I, I promise. I'm not going to go on a rant. But in terms of the UFC, that woman's legacy stands on its own. It's It's undisputed. But, you know, in the WWE, I don't know what she's doing. Okay, you you, you converted me in your your first run because I was dubious when she first came in, but you converted me in your first run. You did great, and no disrespect, you know everybody has the right to go and become a parent, and if it makes you happy, you know God bless. And I hope the kid is doing wonderful. I mean that. But but since you became a mother, your work in the ring sucks. It sucks. You shouldn't. She is as cringe as Lacey Evans. God, did you read what uh, what idea they have for her? No. Apparently, a sergeant slaughter is volunteered to put her through camp slaughter. Oh fuck me, Sensible's with a pitchfork. <laughs> and Lacey Evans tweeted back, where do I sign up? Uh no, no thank you. Um so the um so I just I, I just I don't get it folks. I just I truly don't get it. Um oh and then the other the other low point and, and this is really pissing me off. Oh, Okay. This just really pissed me off, especially especially when you factor in Santos Escobar. So I talked about the two the two tag team matches being high points. This was a very tag team heavy show because they had another one with Legado del Fantasma versus the Viking Raiders. And I'm and I'm thinking that this is gonna be awesome because look at how they've been pushing Legato and like how they've been pushing the Viking Raiders, this is going to be wonderful. 
No, because look who shows the fuck up before we can even get started. It's shit, bro. It's nobody gives a fuck, bro. It's give, give, give me a pill so I can go to sleep, bro. Let me roll my boat away. All right, it was your meeting. It is, but you know. I don't know why you would mute me. I was making a perfectly good point. No, but come on, you're thinking. was uh, a little bit off key. But no, I wasn't trying to say. I was trying to make a point. All right. <laughs> no, you're good. But um, no, I suck at second. I agree with you. I wasn't trying to say. God, we'll leave that to uh, we'll we'll leave that to top dollar. No, but like, I, I, no, but no. But one thing I hated about that match was the ending because not there wasn't no ending. Exactly, it was a no contest. What the no, fuck? That was that was terrible. Um, so that was that was a very easy low point. Um, and then um, the contract signings always suck. Between yep. um between Junther and um and Ricochet. And, yeah. and but but I have to give a high point to the outfits worn by the New Day. Um tr- uh, tributes both of them to uh Jason David Frank, aka Tommy Oliver, the Green Ranger. Um one was wearing the Green Ranger outfit, and one was wearing the White Ranger outfit. I appreciated that. As a 90s kid that absolutely loved the Power Rangers, was obsessed with it. Um, you know, Jason David Frank was was a religion growing up, as was the Power Rangers. And uh, by the way, uh, Amy Jo Johnson, a.k.a. Kimberly, you were my first crush growing up, so... I was a huge Power Rangers guy, and um, rest in peace, Jason David Frank. Um, so that was definitely a high point. But they got to stop with these fucking contract signings because you know exactly how they're going to go. And and Ricochet even made that point, or somebody did. And Adam Pierce was like, good point. <laughs> Oh, no. there's one other high point I have. The LA Knight promo. Yeah. Yeah, LA, LA Knight is great. I'm not sure where they're going with um, LA Knight and um, Bray Wyatt. Um, I, I have a feeling that it might be Alexa Bliss doing this to Bray Wyatt because they teased a female being involved um, so many times with Bray Wyatt, with, you know, the stuff going off in the background when Alexa's on screen. So maybe it's her. Um, 
But um, but then again, even that is questionable. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens. And um, you know, shout out to Bray Wyatt. I because everything he does, as I said last week, turns to gold. I would like to see a little bit more um advancement with the Bray Wyatt character because um since Extreme Rules it's pretty much been the same thing. Um I like how how we're not seeing him in the ring um nearly as much. We haven't even seen him in the ring yet. Um I don't mind that, but eventually we're gonna have to see him in the ring and I would I would like to see a bit of a bit more clues as to who this Uncle Howdy is, whether it's an alter ego of his or... And it's, no, it's not Randy Orton. Uh, oh, God. Remember that. People are still on with this. It's Randy Orton. No, uh, no it's not. If, if it's Randy Orton, I will do this podcast fuck fucking naked. Oh, no, we don't want that. <laughs> Thank God we're on a video podcast. <laughs> Well, it's not as if they would see anything anyway, because I'm in a wheelchair. But it's, it's the sentiment, Elliot. The sentiment. You, you gotta let my humor roll. See what yeah, I'm saying? Alright. You know, come on now. But, but um, no, no, but it was cool, like, seeing the, the other mask this yeah. week. That was really cool. Absolutely. And um, speaking of uh, Bray Wyatt, um, you know, um, shout out to uh, Barry Windham. Uh, I've heard that he's out of the ICU now after his yeah. major major heart attack um, <laughs> in the, the Atlanta airport. And um, Bray Wyatt released um, a statement uh, thanking fans and the bystander who was there um, who practiced CPR that apparently saved Barry's life. So we're we're very happy um that um Barry's okay and um you know um shout out a shout out to him and uh we hope you feel better soon and um you know we we don't want we don't want any more you know premature death in wrestling. We've we've yeah. had enough we've had yep. enough of that bullshit. So uh thankfully we're not adding Barry Wind up to that list. And, um, you know, huge sigh of relief. And, um, you know, we, we certainly wish you the best uh, in your recovery. And that, that includes your family, which obviously has made massive contributions to wrestling uh, for years and years. So um, shout out to you and hope you feel better soon. All right. Then um, now that's all we have for SmackDown, right? Yes, sir. All right, now on to the pay-per-views. Where are we first? Yes, and I will. Um, I will be taking the um, the lead on uh, um, ROH because um, Elio did not see that. So you will um, you will be hearing mostly my voice for the next few minutes. Did hopefully. you Did you watch a kickoff as well? The zero hour. No, thank God. Okay, because I may not have seen this, but I know who some of the wrestlers are. 
Okay, well, what, what, okay, well, you just made a liar out of me, but that'll help break it up a little bit. So why don't you, why don't you go over that? All right, so, like, I didn't see Gerard, but I do know, like, the some of the names. Like, of course, Jeff came the first uh, when Jeff Cobb defeated Masquerade Dorado. Wait, who I think... I could be wrong, but I think that might be Lindsay Dorado. No, it's Grand Middle League. Oh. I just okay. uh, pulled it up. Right here. Okay. All right. All right. Then we had Jericho Appreciation Society defeating the Shinobi Shadow Squad. Do you know who these guys are? Um, I remember the name from the pre-show for uh, for um, Silver Card of Honor, but I don't remember who's in it. Of course, there's Eli Isom and the other one is Cheeseburger. Oh, I okay, I remember Cheeseburger. Okay. And then, uh, you know, I don't. This is another one I don't get. Willow Nightingale. No. And she defeated Trish Adora. I don't. I don't get it either. And. Okay, they put top flight on the zero hour. Why? Like why? Why? Why would well, you do that? I I don't understand it. You know, you you announce FTR and the fucking Frisco's three days before your pay per view. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. You know, you would have had people lining up months ahead of time to buy that motherfucker. And, and, and I understand, Tony, that you might have had very, a very successful final battle, biggest gate in ROH history, you know, most successful final battle in history. That all might be true. Have you announced FTR versus the Briscoe, the finale of the trilogy after the 2022 that FTR has had and after the previous two matches that these two teams have had, have you announced that more than three days ahead of time? You would have had so much interest going into Ring of Honor that, or going into this fucking show that Deadline wouldn't have, Nobody would have given a fuck about Deadline. Nobody. I mean, you know, what the fuck? You know, these are the decisions, folks. And I'll, I'll and and I'm about to give Tony Khan a lot of credit when we go over this main card. So so don't, don't think that I'm that I'm one sided and I'm bashing Tony Khan, okay? Because I'm 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 not trying to. But logically, to me, to announce that three days ahead of time, when you only have so many pay per views on a brand that technically doesn't exist right now. Because you don't have a TV deal is fucking absurd. It's uh, I, I I don't understand that. You see what's going on here? Oh, oh, hold on. Am I supposed to be seeing something? Hold on. No, I said, no, no. I said, do you see what's going on here? No. AEW has become ROH, and ROH has become AEW. Remember when AEW wasn't even a thing? It was still didn't have a TV deal. You know what? That that is a perfect analogy. I love that. That is what he just said there, folks. Proves why Elio is a fucking encyclopedia and a genius 
of professional wrestling. This guy, and I mean this in all seriousness, I'm, I'm not joking, I'm not laughing. This guy just illustrated the problem with Ring of Honor and the AEW partnership in one fucking sentence. Right there. I don't have to say anything else. Well played. Thank you. Well done. All right, going to the main card. Um. Okay. So main card, and like I said, this is this is where um Tony Khan is about to get a lot of credit because I'll be honest with you, folks, I was not interested in this card prior to the FTR versus Briscoe's announcement. Worth a damn, I wasn't. Uh, you know, we had NXT takeover deadline. I I was just gonna I was gonna take the day off from professional wrestling. I was gonna you know enjoy some Chinese with my mom. I still did that for dinner. You know, my brother was coming to hang out. You know, my dogs were upstairs all day long. We were having ourselves a grand old time, and then I had to pull myself away starting at, at four o'clock. Um, so I could I could cover this for you, and and the, the reason why I I decided to um to give this card a shot and and make the purchase was FTR versus the Briscoes, and it was a very smart decision, um because holy shit um so let's get into the main card with that in mind. So after what I viewed was a wholly unnecessary pre-show, they gotta cut the length of these motherfuckers. Cause four matches just isn't it's not necessary. I don't I don't get it. So AR Fox and Blake Christian took on um LFG, which in which in this case was um Roosh and Drillistico. And um and if I heard um, the announced team correctly, Roosh and Drillistico are actually brothers, and I do on I do know. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go on, go on. And I do understand that Roosh comes from a Mexican dynasty of uh, professional wrestling. So, um, but it, if I did if I did hear that correctly. Drillistico is yeah, another. Yeah, Drillistico is a Dragon Lee. Okay. Yeah. Then, then, but we've seen Dragon Lee before. Why not just? Why not just announce him as Dragon Lee? Why is he Drillistico? Why? Why confuse people and make it a different fuck? I see. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. He, just, he had he had a different mask, a different presentation. I didn't even know that was the same person. And, yep. and now I just feel like I, I disrespected the wrestler and I had no intention of doing so. I just disrespected Dragon Lee and I had no intention of doing so because I enjoy his work and I've seen him before. Why is that necessary? Why would why would why would Tony Khan do that? And why would I, why would I be put in that position? You know, I I don't I don't understand that. Like, 
Okay. But um, but this was this was setting up to be a very solid match. Um, but there's one major problem. Either the ref or somebody fucked up because once um, once AR Fox hit the 450 on, I believe it was Drillistico, Dragon Lee, just call him Dragon Lee. <laughs> Seriously, why are you going to start, stop changing people's names? And you can't, you can't say, you can't say it's a debut. And that was another thing. They said they, uh, this is a debut. Debut. So of, course, what? of course, it's not going to be Dragon Lee because Dragon Lee. Oh my God, Dragon Lee has wrestled before. It's not a debut. Oh my God. <laughs> but anyway, anywho. Wait a minute. No, sorry. You know what? We're we're both uh, wrong. Trillistico is someone completely different because here it has his family listed. Roosh is his brother, Dragon Lee is his brother, and then it has his uncle. Okay, okay. So, so, so we okay. are we we're wrong in that they're, so, they're right. I was I was right the first time. Okay, you were right the so, first time. I so, thought we were, I thought we were wrong from what I was uh, looking at. So that wasn't my fault. So okay. So I'm. So I'm not. I'm. I was not made to look like a complete idiot. I wasn't hearing things. Okay. No, like so, appara- apparently he's used the name Dragon Lee as well. So, but it's not well, the actual guy. Why? But okay. All, all right. Yeah. But bottom, bottom bottom line is we didn't fuck up. We got it. We we yeah, got it right. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Very good. Um, but um, but here's the, here's the problem, uh, with this. As soon as um. AR Fox hits the um, 450. The the ref gets down, counts two, lifts his hand to count three, and before he before his hand comes down, he rings the bell. Um, you know, and AR Fox looks at him. The ref is looking back at him. The ref does. A shoulder motion, like he, you know, kicked out, but the but the bell is ringing, and the the announcer is announcing AR Fox and Blake Christian as the winners. So okay. some, That's somebody weird. somebody really messed that up, and um, mm-hmm. it really took away from what was a very good match, and um, I felt bad for all four of them. Yeah. Um. Uh, next up, we had Mercedes Martinez versus Athena. I love Mercedes Martinez. I do. Um, I freely admit that I was not familiar with her before she came to WWE the first time when she was in the May Young Classic. Neither was I. I had only heard the name before she showed up at WWE. Um, to same here, but um, since then, I've become a massive fan, mm-hmm. and um, and this was just another example why, um, because this this match was fantastic. I was a little bit surprised at the result, given the fact that um, given well, I 
I would still say I was surprised because I knew Martinez had just come back from injury and um and she um and she was the Ring of Honor champion and for the women and um all of this and I, I I also knew that Athena was in her hometown but as soon as as soon as they showed Athena's parents before the match even started that gave away the result for me so even though I enjoyed the match it just kind of gave it away as soon as as soon as you you see a combatant's parents in the crowd you're like oh fuck yeah so so I really I really didn't like that in, in this case it was it wasn't like it wasn't like B- Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. Um, so, um, and then the other the other thing that confuses that confused me is that when Athena hit her finishing move, instead of calling it the Eclipse, they called it the O Face. Just call it the Eclipse. Oh, what? The O Face. Oh it sounds like a porno title. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the by the way, that that was the name of a bar in John Tapper's Bar Rescue, and it failed. Oh wow! One, one because the owners were assholes, but two, the the name of the bar was Oafies. And I'm gonna ask the same question that John Taffer asked: What's the first thing you think of when I say Oafies? You think you think of an orgasm. Yeah, and, you know, and I, I'm I'm not interested in talking about that on this show. So with that in mind, uh, we'll move on to the next match when we come back, and uh, we'll be right back, folks. And we are back, folks, in record time. Uh, next up, we have Shane Taylor Promotions versus Swerve in Our Glory. Okay, I'm and- not. Hold on, I'm confused. I was too, and maybe we're maybe we were gonna ask the same question. Go ahead, go ahead, because I th- I think we're on the same wavelength here. Go ahead. Why why is Swerving Our Glory still a team when they uh, split up that in full gear? <laughs> thank you, thank you. That was that was my ex- exact question. Exactly. What? Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. We we didn't. Ladies and gentlemen, we didn't even plan that. We didn't talk about that. This this podcast is completely off the cuff. We pull we pull up the cards and we go, man. And sometimes you get magic, and that was fucking magic. I love it, absolutely love it. And um, you know, as as much as that was a funny moment. That is a very legitimate question that was on both of our brains as we were watching this match because at um at um the last uh pay-per-view for AEW full gear um uh Swerve walked out on Keith Lee. It was it Keith Lee that walked out? Or I'm so, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Keith Lee walked out on um, on Swerve Strickland because Swerve wanted him to cheat, and Keith didn't want to, so he took a stroll. And then, so as soon as this match was announced, I'm like, 
oh shit um because through the entire build-up i thought well well what little build-up there was i thought the match was going to be uh shane shane taylor versus keith lee in a singles match because of the history that they have in ring of honor as a tag team and um they still capitalized on that but once again um our original question comes into play here i think tony khan may have neglected his own booking because because you know, they're not a tag team anymore mm-hmm. you know it's just and then as if we needed further um um, further proofs that they're no longer a tag team were returned the favor on this pay-per-view and walked out on Keith. That's why I said it the first time, and that's what? why Eli- that's why Elio had to correct me. Um, you know, and it's just it, it's, it's just overbooked. Now, I will say that um, this match um really began my interest in the pay-per-view and this is where things got interesting for me because um, as I explained last week, I am a Ring of Honor guy um, you know, and um, I knew the history between uh, Shane Taylor and Keith Lee, so as soon as as soon as Shane Taylor showed up on my screen on, on Rampage you know, we don't want to talk Rampage, folks. Sometimes I keep an eye on it just to just to uh, make sure I'm not missing anything important. Most of the time, we're not, which is why we don't talk about it. But sometimes you get Easter eggs like that, such as, you know, Shane Taylor showing up, and instantly my ears perked up. Um, kind of like my dog when it's time to eat. You know, his ears get all excited. He's like, when he hears the word carrot, it's it's a free for all. Yeah, sounds like um, my cat. Whenever five o'clock hit, he knew it was dinner time. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and another one, um, another one of my dogs literally will have a stare down west western style with my mom. Oh, to negotiate dinner time, she'll be staring at her like this. Inches away, and I'm not trying. I'm not trying to be weird. I'm not trying to be weird or intimidate you, Elio. She will literally be staring at my mom inches away from her face like this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's like what the hell? Um, but yeah, this, this um this match was was awesome just in terms of the story being told between um Shane and Keith, and they even did a nice job. Um. Bringing uh, JD Griffey into things because I had, I'll confess, I had never heard of this guy. But who is this guy? I, I, I never heard of him. Who is this? Um, well, he, uh, excuse me, um, he is another part of Shane Taylor Promotions, and apparently he also has a lot of history um, with Keith Lee. Um, oh. So, um, so there's that. And you saw a lot of hesitation from Keith Lee to perform offense 
on JD Griffey, and that's why Swerve got initially upset. And then, um, then that eventually led to um, to Keasley accidentally kicking um, Swerve, which which led to Swerve walking out of the match. So. <laughs> But we already knew that they broke up. So really the match should the match should have been Shane Taylor versus Keith Lee. But maybe Tony Khan just confuses himself a little bit. I I, I don't know. But I but I I have discussed my my suspicions that he gets high from time to time based based on based on the very announcement that he had purchased ROH because once again no and and it, and our friends Clay and uh, Tony um, agree with us. You cannot convince the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast or our friends at Wrestling POV that Tony Khan was not high as a goddamn kite when he made that announcement. Well, and I also read an article where apparently Tony Khan was being called out for partying with the AEW talent. Well, well, which doesn't which surprise me. Well, that wouldn't surprise me at all, just based off his eyes on that one. And did you see the way he hugged Cesaro and <laughs> or, or no, no, it's Claudio Castelli is his real name when when Claudio signed? Uh, he hugged him like a toddler hugging Santa Claus. <laughs> 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 I mean, Jesus Christ! But anyway. Um, we're just having too much fun on this show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but up next we had um, we had the six man tag team titles. This was pretty much a bathroom break match. I really didn't care. Um, this is what it what it um, really should have been. Um, you know, what? I don't get this whole embassy. Uh... I really don't either, but I I will say this. Um, Prince Nana makes a lot more sense in it than a Tully Blanchard did because yes. Prince Nana created the embassy, if you know your ROH history. Yeah, he did. Uh, um, so it's just, you know, he was involved with the kingdom, uh, now known as ODK, oh, um, I think OGK. Um, yeah, and, um, you know, so it, it makes a lot more sense, and I am very happy to, to see, um, to see gold around the waist of, uh, Brian Cage, um, and I also got a little bit nostalgic, um, seeing him pay tribute to Chris Canyon, um, so that was, that was cool, and, um, hopefully this is the beginning of really, uh, good things for um for Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony because I think these guys have a lot of uh, potential. But I also think that Brian Cage has been one of those guys that has slipped through the cracks um in in AEW and hopefully now that um now that Tony Khan has said himself that um at the conclusion of this pay per view um. The focus on Ring of Honor on AEW television is going to diminish. Hopefully, guys like um, 
you know, Brian Cage can get a little bit more attention and maybe we can uh, get him going again. And I think that this is a nice start of doing that. Well, another um, character I really don't get is Dalton Castle and the Boys. I, you know what? I, on the positive side of, of Dalton Castle, he is a phenomenal wrestler, I think. Yeah. Um, I've always been a fan of his from that perspective. Um, but but much like we've had um, conversations about, um, you know, um, oh God, what what is his name? I um, Qu- Quincy Elliott and um, and yeah. Sonny Kiss and, yeah. and like I don't have a problem with those the with those kinds of presentations if they work. Like, you know, if you consider gold dust, that was something that worked. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but I, personally, I don't get Dalton Castle and the boys because they take away from Dalton Castle the wrestler and I just, I don't really see it as as helping his presentation, but that's that's just me. And if, if you enjoyed Dalton Castle and and all the elements of his presentation, then good on you. Weren't they talking? Well, weren't they talking a while back about him possibly signing with WWE or something? I thought uh, I heard that. I thought I heard that. Maybe I'm wrong. I well, I didn't. I I can't speak on that because I didn't hear that. Okay. Maybe um. I'm, all right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I said maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I thought I read somewhere that somewhere, but yeah, I'm mistaken then. All right. Okay. So, um, oh, pardon me, Jesus Christ. Um, but um, this was absolutely this next match was one of the highlights of the night. Um, this is where the action really started to pick up, and this is where this pay per view earned its money from the general public. Um, Wheeler Yuta versus Daniel Garcia. Let's talk about this. Okay. Um, and I want to... Um, this is one of those matches I wish that you had seen um, because I would I would really like to bounce some of this stuff off of you, but I, I understand. Um but let, let me just let me just start with this. As much as I love Booker T, sometimes he comes off like a complete jackass, <laughs> and and I I say that with love here because he had a lot to say about Wheeler Yuta and his name. His name. Yeah. Well, what about his name? Well, he said that Wheeler Yuta should change his name because when you think of Wheeler Yuta, you don't think of a star because of the name and, and oh all, all of that other crap. And, and <sighs> I would respectfully, this is coming from a guy who whose favorite tag team of all time is Harlem Heat, who, who loved Booker T in... Um, in WWE, I, I, you know, to this day, I still believe that he should have won the world heavyweight title from, from Triple H at WrestleMania 19. Do your homework if you don't know what I'm talking about. Yes, 
I yes, I ha I I know my professional wrestling history backwards and forwards. When I say something on this show, I I have things to back it up. You know, okay. we have, we have, we have, yeah, it's a list of uh, other names. You know, but the, but but the thing that drives me nuts mm. about Booker T, and 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 I will say this for him, he's a Hall of Famer. He he has the right to his opinion just as much as anybody else. You know, he he is a trailblazer in a lot of ways in in this business, but for all of that. Him and Bully Ray specifically, those two guys come off like jackasses so many times. Mm-hmm. Like, what in the fuck does a name have to do with anything outside of, Wal- of Walter and Gunther and all of that? Because in, in situations like that, I can see that. But but Wheeler Yuta talking about his name hurting him. At this point in his career, what are you talking about? What, what are you and and for and for and, and for those of you that that are going to question me for saying that because I have a problem with name changes sometimes, um, like I just said with Walter and and Guther, Walter has been known the world over as Walter well before his time in WWE. Um, and that is, his, that is his actual fucking name. And they used it in in NXT UK and NXT where he built his fucking legacy. That, that's a lot different than Wheeler Yuta's situation. But that being said, Wheeler Yuta versus Daniel Garcia, after this match, I would respectfully ask... Uh, Booker T to shut the fuck up regarding Wheeler Yuta or Daniel Garcia. Thank you, Booker. I I appreciate you. You're still my favorite tag team of all time. A lot of respect, but please shut the fuck up. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This match was... um, in, in all seriousness, um, very, very good. This was a pure rules match. Um, for those of you that don't know what that means, um, it means that uh, you can't strike with a closed fist. Um, mm-hmm. You're only allowed um, three rope breaks yep. um, per, per match, each competitor. Um, that played a heavy part in the in the storytelling in this match, so that's really really important to keep in mind. And um, there's a very large focus on on chain wrestling in this in these matches. These matches are not brawls. These matches are not street fights of any kind. They're more entertaining than the freaking British rounds matches. Yes, it yes. This is strategic intellectual wrestling that still feels like fucking wrestling, if that makes sense. Um, so, so it's just very important for me to explain the pure rules and what that means going into this match. So, 
So the storyline that they went with in this situation, um, which I really liked, was Wheeler Yuta was playing the significant underdog because of the intelligence of Daniel Garcia and the way he used it as a heel. Um, and remember what I said about rope breaks in pure rules matches? Um, he forced Wheeler Yuta to use them because he put Wheeler Yuta in the ropes and then performed holds on him in the ropes. So his rope breaks were used automatically. Like, that is an intelligent heel fucking move. That is, like, that, that, that's like Joe Rogan's gripe. If you, if you ever listen to his show, like, he'll talk about how, um, um, Ric Flair's figure four leg lock would be so easy to get out of because all you have to do realistically is grab his leg and lift it up and you'd be out of it, which realistically I think is true. But it's kind of like the, the same thought process is true here because all you have to do is put somebody in the ropes and force them to use their rope breaks in a pure rules match. So that was a really nice touch from a psychological perspective. And um, he really put um, he really put Wheeler behind the eight ball uh, very quickly because these matches have like um, I think um, sixty minute time limits, and within within less than ten minutes, um, Wheeler had used all of his within like ten or twelve minutes. Wheeler had used all of his his rope breaks, and within like seven minutes, he had used two of them. So that was that was really masterful in terms of strategy from Daniel Garcia and really painted the underdog picture for Wheeler Yuta and having to really fight and and use um, his brain to to crawl out from that hole that he was put in. Um, so I really appreciated that. And then once you, once you get past that and really understand the psychology of the match. Um, the re- the wrestling and the chemistry between these two guys for being so young, holy crap! Can we just can we just give these two credit for how good they are? Mm-hmm. Holy <laughs> lord! Like I I don't I. This is why I say I don't want to hear Booker T talk about Wheel or Yuta anymore because. I had a lot of the same questions until I saw um, We Were You to compete in a pure rules match. Of course, not this one. This was a, a different one at a Ring of Honor show that I attended. Um, and um, and this is, um, or I'm sorry, I, I had seen Jonathan Gresham in a, in a in a, in a show that I had attended, but I had seen another one that Wheeler Yuta was in on Ring of Honor TV that airs in my city because um, it was in my backyard talking about Ring of Honor's former headquarters. Um, but yeah, this, if, you, if you're a fan of, of psychology, this was definitely your match, and these guys can wrestle their asses off. And this was just tremendous. 
Um, but the highlight of the of the night, folks, and and I I feel I felt bad for Samoa Joe and um, and Juice Robinson as a result of this next match. And I never thought I would feel bad for Juice Robinson, considering who he's married to. But uh, considering that he had to, that, that those two men. Juice Robinson and Samoa Joe had to um, go on after FTR and um, and the Briscoes. Holy shit! Now, let me set the stage for you, folks. If you did not see this match earlier today, holy fuck! Please do yourself a favor and go and. Watch this match. See if you can find it somewhere. Pay for the replay. Just this match alone was worth the price of the pay-per-view at $39.99. And that is why I say, why the fuck was this added three days before the pay-per-view? Because, holy crap. Now, now... Let me set the stage a little bit for you because this was the ending of the trilogy um, uh, between FTR and um, the Briscoes, which which started at um, you know at Supercard of Honor back in um, back in April, um, and then the second match, which was two out of three falls, that was at. Um, Super Card of Honor back in uh, July. And then we had this match in December to round out the year. And they did a, they did a nice job uh, tying in that, um, that um, you know, that, that story because the challenge was made for that first match almost like a year to the day. That this third match took place, so that so this was this was masterful, and just the brutality of this dog collar match. Holy fuck, ladies and gentlemen! If you've never seen a dog collar match, go back on the WWE Network, look up you know um, Roddy Piper, um. Um, versus, oh my god, I'm, I'm blanking. Who, who was his opponent in that match? Uh, let me look. I think it Ray was... Valentine. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, look up that match, or look up, um, Raven versus CM Punk from Ring of Honor, um, to get a good idea of what a, uh, what a, um, um, dog collar match is. Now, ladies and gentlemen... I could go on and on describing this match for you, but quite frankly, Elio, and this is where we're going to save some time on this podcast because I can't even attempt to describe this match to you people. I can't even attempt to do this match justice. You just, you have to watch this fucking match. There's nothing that I can say that can do this match justice. Other than, other than to say that the, the prior two matches 
were match of the year candidates. Okay. And the one they had at Supercar of Honor, the second one, that's my pick for match of the year. But if this one isn't match of the year, it's a damn close second. Okay. I don't care. And and we talked about this last week because the PWI um you know top one hundred tag teams came out and we talked about the top twenty tag teams on the show last week. And um, you know, the Briscoes and FTR were in the t- in the um top three with the Usos who captured the number one spot. I changed this message to you about it. We didn't really talk about it. What? The PWI. I just messaged you about it off air. Oh, I'm sorry. We, we didn't talk about it because I just, I just got this magazine the other day. Yeah, well, and, um, but for, the, for those of you that maybe didn't catch it, okay, um, the Briscoes were number three, um, the, the FCR was number two, and the Usos were number one. Now, now I understand why the Usos were listed as number one, because let's, let's be honest, the bloodline has dominated everything in professional wrestling for the last two years. Um, we know where Roman Reigns stands. We 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 understand that. Um, but in terms of pure prof- tag team wrestling, I do not understand how you could put the Usos at number one over over FTR or the Briscoes. For me, my pick is FTR. And I have always been a Briscoes guy, always, because I'm familiar with Ring of Honor because they've been in my backyard for forever prior to Tony Khan um, buying them, okay? Now, um, so, and I talked about this in the past on this show. The reason why the... um, the Briscoes were never signed to WWE is is the same reason why um, <laughs> they're not being signed to AEW and the reason why executives don't want them signed to AEW, okay? Um, and we talked about that too. Apparently in 10 years in the past, uh, you know, J- um, Jay made some anti, you know, gay comments, which he apologized for. It was 10 years ago. He... People change, but somehow, you know, they they want to dig that up on him. But really, the the reason why, the real reason why the Briscoes are more widely known on national TV is because they're not aesthetically pleasing enough. That was the reason that WWE gave them way back in the day. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's a joke. That has to be a joke, right? (laughs) The Briscoes are like one of the best tag teams in the world, and you're gonna not sign them talking about WWE or AEW because they're not aesthetically pleasing. And for that, they just answered your question tonight because they delivered one of the best matches, and these two tag these two teams delivered the three best tag team matches of the fucking year. In one calendar year. 
not not of their career delivered three of the best tag team matches of all time in one year they did that and you're gonna tell me that you're not gonna hire them because and you don't want Tony Khan to sign them to AEW because of a comment that they made 10 years ago or because they're not aesthetically pleasing enough if you're WWE like what are you smoking what Tony Khan was smoking back when, back when he announced the purchase of Ring of Honor? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, this, ma- this match right here speaks for itself, okay? I am so thrilled that I have seen all three of these matches. And Elio, my co-host, I'm talking directly to you. You need, please, I'm begging you as a friend, not even as a co-host, but as a guy who loves wrestling as much as I do. Please go watch this match. All Please. right, I will. Um, thank you. Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night. Uh, and, and please message me while while you're watching that match. That that would that would be your Christmas present to me. <laughs> would be watching okay. this watching this match and offering me your commentary throughout. All Please, right. All I right. beg of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very I'm very excited. You made my weekend even better. Um. Next up, we had um. And once again, I, I say I feel sorry for Juice Robinson and Samoa Joe, and I didn't think that was possible considering who Juice Robinson is married to. Hi, Tony. Um, but, but moving on. Um, um, actually, we're gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna come down from talking about FTR and the Briscoes before we move on, um, because the. Uh, the virtual producer is giving us the, the warning that we need to step aside. Um, fuck virtual production. Jesus Christ. Um, we'll be right back, folks. And we are back, folks. And I will try to make the rest of this very quick. And you're up on NXT deadline, so that's up to you um, to make it as quick as you want, Elio. Um, but... Um, there's really not much to say about this next match. Um, as much as I appreciate Juice Robinson and Samoa Joe, it was it was um, really an unenviable position being the come down from FTR versus the Briscoes. Um, you know, of course, it's Samoa Joe and ROH, so the 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 crowd is going to be behind him. Um, you know, um, Juice Robinson is who he is. But that's like that's the most I can say about this match. Now the Ring of Honor World Title match. You guys know that I was not a fan of of um, Claudio losing the title to Jericho in the first place, considering that that was Claudio's first World Title run. Um, so I'm very happy that Claudio recaptured um, the belt tonight. I think that that is. Perfect for the what I hope serves as the official relaunch for the Ring of Honor brand, um, and hopefully it can stand on its own outside of um, AEW television. Um, but uh, Jericho did a fantastic job 
Um, but I think it's time for him to step aside because he has nothing to do with Ring of Honor. And even though he did a fantastic job and they did the best they could with the storyline, I still say it made no sense for Jericho to win the thing in the first place. And I'm, I'm, I'm sticking by that. As much as I appreciate Jericho and the work that he's done and the work that he did with this title, I'm still sticking by the fact that Claudio should have stayed the champion up until this point. But at least we're here now. And uh, with that being said, the ending came with 30 rotations of the big swing. No wonder Jericho tapped out. He probably didn't even know where the fuck he was in, in reality. Okay, most of professional wrestling is kayfabe and the wrestlers communicate. Not to break the fourth wall, but if you're listening to this show, you probably know that because you're intelligent. Um, but I mean, 30 rotations of the big swing, Jesus Christ. How do, how do you not tap out after that? Good God. And uh, with that, that, that's the end of the final battle review. And uh, we will take it to uh, Elio for his take on NXT Deadline. Elio, what do you have? All right, so NXT Deadline, our first match going in is the women's uh, Iron Survivor Challenge match. Roxanne Perez, so we start Cora Jade, Keanu James, and Indy Hartwell. So Zoe, Cora, and Indy all got one point each while Roxanne Perez picked up two and uh, to win the match, so which lasted 25 minutes. Well, yeah, because that yeah. was the yeah. design which time was, for... Yeah, which was, uh, yeah. Um, so I, uh, this match, all right. I, I wasn't a fan of this match at all. Yeah, it was just weird. When it uh, first started, I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. And then uh, first out was Roxanne, then Zoe Stark. But after Keanu James came out, that that's it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, um, just real quick, um, I, was, I was dubious about this concept um, to begin with because it sounded too similar to a lot of concepts that we've seen before, um, such as um, the Royal Rumble, uh, such as, um, you know, the Beat the Clock Challenge, such as the Championship Scramble. Um, But, you know, after seeing it, especially in the men's match, I liked the concept. They, They kind of sold me on it. Um, but th- this was not a good debut for that style of match. I like the fact that they had um, Roxanne Perez win it. Um, but did I care about the actual match? No. All right, next up we had Island Dawn versus Alba Fire. Island Dawn defeating Alba Fire. Apparently, there was something. Weird took place where uh, the referees started vomiting up black ooze after being placed after a curse placed on him by Isla Dawn. Now, Elio, I'm gonna ask, did you see this live? I did, I was watching this, yeah, because so was I. 
And um, I have to tell you, um, I was very impressed with this match. Yeah, I love this match. This was about so nice for me. Until, until we got to that part. Until we got to the Papa Shango part. <laughs> now, now I, don't get me wrong, folks. I understand Isla Dawn is a witch. Okay? I get it. Okay? I wasn't familiar with her in NXT UK. I think I saw her once, but I understand her gimmick. I understand that she's a witch. But really, you're going to do that, and that's how you're going to have her win. And and you're and you're going to do that to to um to uh Alba Fire. You know, it's just. But and by the way, Alba Fire as a name sucks. You know, I'm I'm still gonna stand on that on that mountain as well. Deal with it. Um, and Ben, I'm actually reading a, a quote here because apparently Shawn Michaels is defending that ending. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> let me read that quote real quick. She has come over here, had her first live TV match ever last week. And had her first premium live event match over here. So we're joking about Welcome to NXT pushing in the deep end. She did an excellent job against Alba Fire. It was a different kind of match. It was a match built on a story and mystique. I guess sometimes I'm just going to see the wrestling business differently. And I recognize a lot of people believe there's a real version of this job. I've been doing it for almost 40 years, so it's the same all the time. I think it's okay to have a little bit of everything. And it was very different on the show. Okay, well, part of that I can, part of that I can agree with. But, um, but Mr. Michaels, um, with all due respect, sir, um, you're a fantastic wrestler, um, but did, you're not wrestling on this card. You haven't been in this aspect of the business for 40 years. This is booking. And yes, I just explained to you, I understand that I would Dawn is a witch, but you, you're having a fantastic physical match, and this is how you end it? Really? Yeah, you, there's no defense for that ending, but thanks for trying, Sean. But but here's a here's a um here's a word of advice. Um, focus on performing some magic on your writing skills on a weekly basis for NXT TV. Just a thought. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, this match I really enjoyed this match. Next, we had the New Day versus Pretty Deadly for the NXT Tag Team Championships. The New Day winning their. The NXT Tag Team Championships from Pretty Deadly. Did, no. we really, did we really need this to happen? No. No. Okay? No. <laughs> no, uh, no, Elio. I know you want to go to bed. But I'm a, I'm a podcast host of a wrestling show. And it, it's my responsibility to, one, be honest with you, and two, be entertaining. So I am going to tell this story. All right. And I think you'll appreciate it. Okay. okay. Now, on Tuesday, when I was watching NXT, 
in, in oh, preparation. Oh, geez, I think you, uh, yeah, yeah, you messaged me about this part. <laughs> Go on. My, my mom walks in. I'm sorry. <laughs> as this is taking place. And I, and I, I have very rarely been this embarrassed in my entire <laughs> And And, you know, we talk about, you know, having trouble defending being a fan of professional wrestling sometimes. Um, and this was one of those scenarios. And um, I have to tell you, I, I think I was even more embarrassed um, watching this match. And thank God my mom didn't come in on this segment. But, you know, I, I, I like Pretty Deadly as a team. I think they're very, very good. Um, as evidenced by the fact that they've had the success that they've had over on NXT UK and the fact that they've won gold over here as well. Um, I can't take you seriously, much much as much the same with Quincy Elliott, when you're wearing the outfits that you wear. You know, you're like half naked Santas, (laughs) and and you know. And the other uh, part, what? <laughs> and when you do that, I just want the match to end, no matter how good it is. Okay, I I do. I'm sorry. You know, the, and when that's my takeaway from the match, you got a problem. And the other, and the other part of it, as well, is. What good is it having the new day win this match? I don't I don't understand that. Somebody has to explain that to me. All due respect to the new day, we've talked about the new day since 2014. We understand what the new day is. I don't have to go into that again. Um, but here in this scenario, by bringing the new day in, you're exposing the weakness of your tag team division. And you're not giving credit to one of the strongest tag teams you have and pretty deadly. And you had an opportunity to make them look even stronger despite the fact that they were half-naked Santas. (laughs) (laughs) But no, you couldn't do that. You know, and and it doesn't help anybody. You could have really helped one of your best acts by having them beat an established tag team like that but no, you put the titles on a new day for what reason? I don't know. Because you you want Kofi Kingston to be a 15-time um, tag team champion? Good for him, but it doesn't mean anything to me. Yep. Thanks. Okay. Moving on. All right. So <laughs> up next, we had... The men's Iron Survivor Challenge, Grayson Waller versus Carmelo Hayes versus JD McDonough versus Joe Gacy versus Axiom. So Carmelo Hayes and Joe Gacy and Axiom all got two points each, while Grayson Waller defeated, won the match with uh, three points. You know, and I think it was I think it was fairly obvious that Grayson Waller was the one that was going to take. The victory, yeah. um, because let's face it, Carmelo Hayes, even though he was another logical choice, he doesn't really need it because of his past success with the NXT North American Championship 
and the fact that we know that his call-up is imminent and he doesn't need a world title. Um, he just needs to get rid of Trick Williams and he'll be, he'll be good to go. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, this is what Grayson Waller needed to, um, to move to the next level. And I do think that Grayson Waller will be the guy to dethrone Braun Breaker and move Braun Breaker up to the, to the main roster because I think I I think personally it's been past time for a long time for Braun Breaker to move up to the main roster. Okay. And that brings us to our main event: Braun Breaker versus Apollo Cruz with the NXT Championship Online, Braun Breaker defeating Apollo Crews to hold on to the title. Uh, and, you know, as entertaining as I found the segments leading up to this match, I was very disappointed by this match. I was. Um, yeah, for all the hype that he put on Apollo Crews, it's like, okay, like, when he walked out to the ring, it's like, okay. He didn't really do much of anything. Like, he didn't seem like he was, like, too interested in the match, so, when he walked up. You know, I don't don't really understand the purpose of of doing what you did. I don't don't see how that helps Apollo Crews, and I definitely don't see how that helps Ron Breaker, other than adding another body to his you know, list. Yeah. But does he need another body? And did we really think that Apollo Cruz was going to beat Braun Breaker in the first place? The answer is no. Especially after he goes fucking fishing. You know, <laughs> I, I think I think the most entertaining thing you could have done by taking Apollo Cruz fishing is sending him sending him to to the bottom of the, of the deep with. Troy two dime two dimes Donovan and hope that, that he doesn't reemerge as Cole Carter on AEW and <laughs> and, and, and to dress up as a fake thing. You already did that to Cole Carter. Please don't do that to Apollo Cruz. But this this match the way it turned out, very disappointing. Yeah. All right. So that is um NXT the lineup and. Now we know what you thought of uh, Final Battle. What you think of Deadline, though? For me, it was still, parts of it was still very weird. It, it was a very underwhelming show. Yeah. And and to be honest, to be honest with you, I mean, I'm I'm glad that I watched those shows because to be honest with you, folks, Elio and I were talking about not covering either one of them. Because we weren't very interested in either one of them prior to uh, FTR versus the Briscoes being so announced, and two pay per views on the same day. But but it, but the fact that we covered both of them and we came on at a much later time than usual, and the fact that we're still on the air yeah. now when it's almost one o'clock in the morning, um, and we covered two pay per views. Should show you how much we love doing this show, and no, we we don't want credit, but I'm I'm just saying we do love doing this show for you guys, um, and we do take this very seriously. I watched so much wrestling today; my throat hurts from talking so much. I'm sorry, Elio, I kept you awake. Um, let me ask you a question, uh, and I'm I'm perfectly willing to play the game if you want to. 
Um, but do you want to skip um, um, wrestling roulette and and get some sleep? No, I mean, I already have it set up here in front of me. The playlist is ready to go. Okay, very good. I just, I figured I, I would I would be a deer and extend the olive branch because you looked a little beat up um, during our last break. No, so, I'm, I'm, I'm good. We're, this is the end of the show. So, uh, yeah, we're excited. I already have it up, uh, the playlist open. Okay, very good. So, on to um, Wrestling Roulette. Uh, way this works, play 21 themes, 10 seconds. My co-host has to guess which wrestler that theme belongs to. And Ben, are you ready for your first one? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. You give me pretty deadly, and now you give me Billy and Chuck. What are you doing to me tonight, man? Well, yeah, we already said that. I, I, I really think that they were they called this team was called the Runway, but they just went with Billy and Chuck. But yeah. yes, that, okay, you're you're on the board with one. All right, track two. Are you ready? Yes, sir. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to get anything out of that. I don't know. Do you want another five seconds? Sure. Sounded like somebody went to a rave. Um, <laughs> I, I still don't know the answer, so I'll just take the L. All right, so that is Hell will be calling your name. That is Bobby Lashley. Holy shit. That's actually well, that's actually a good theme. I was saying to earlier. This, well, this, uh, and this one would be would be perfect for judgment day. Because, well, you know, because of the one line. And what one line is that? Well, you know what? Let me play it for you to see if it uh, appears near the beginning. Hold on. That's a good one. All right, so are you ready for track three? Yes, sir. Oh, what the? Fans will be back shortly. All right, track three. The lives are going to fade and Waylon Mercy's hands. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the, 
the inspiration behind uh, one of Bray Wyatt's puppets, Waylon Mercy, Mercy the Buzzard. Yes, Waylon Mercy. That was a fun interview we did. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall for that. You can actually uh, find that up on YouTube. I'll give you the link off air. Cool. All right, track four. Karma? Karma, yes. Okay. Wait a minute, you got, hold on, you got uh, Waylon Mercy and you got Karma. So you're three and four. Yeah, you're three, uh, yeah, you have three and we played four tracks. Okay. All right, here we go, track five. Undertaker. Undertaker, yes. <laughs> All right, track six. No, you know what? I'm gonna give you another five seconds. You can't. You can't get anything from that. Chris Nowinski? No, that is the Steiner Brothers. Okay. That is Prides of Michigan. Their 1993 uh, theme when they debuted. Oh, damn. All right, here we go. Track seven. I don't know. That is Jacqueline. Oh shit! Please don't kick my ass. Track <laughs> <laughs> eight. Is that Coco Beware? No, it is not. That is how coot. Oh shit. That's another please don't kick my ass. <laughs> so it's track eight. Wait, you got um you got, you still have four or is it five? No, I have five, I think. Yeah. I have five. All right, <clears throat> I have track nine. No, and I can't, I, I don't remember him ever using this, but that's William Regal. Okay. I really have to listen to that because I don't remember, I don't ever remember him using that. You go to track 10.
I don't know. We're going off the rails here, bro. That is Duke the Dumpster Drosy. Well, I'm almost proud of myself. I got that wrong. Okay. <laughs> Crack 11. Is that uh, Christian? No, that is Stacy Keebler. Oh, shit. That's a, that's a Dundalk girl. I'm sorry. Here we go. Track, uh, track 12. Okay. I'm scared, but I don't know. That is Kofi Kingston. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. Track 13, here we go. Pass. That is Chief Morley. Oh, well, I never been so so happy to pass, and I don't mean puff puff pass. I can't stand. I can't stand. You <laughs> see, I he just seemed like a cool person to hang out with. I just don't think he'd be a good person to hang out with. No, I can see that. He's just weird. All right, here we go. Track uh, fourteen. Yeah. We got some weird shit playing tonight. Maybe this I is know, right? revenge for me going along, but uh, I don't know. That is Alto Montoya. Let me ask you, Jim Johnston, what kind of crap were you giving us in the 90s? I have no idea. Well, okay, track 15. The fuck? Okay, I don't know. I'm sorry. That one is a classic. I absolutely love that one. That is the Texas Tornado. Carrie Von Eric. Oh, I'm so Rest in peace, buddy. I'm sorry. Speaking of which, uh, Iron Claw will be released in 2023. The story of the Von Erics. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited for that one. Okay, uh, track 16. Can you replay that? <laughs> what? I can't put that louder. I don't know. That is a corporate ministry. Oh, fuck. All right, track 17, are you ready? Yeah. (laughs) 
British Bulldog? British Bulldog, yes. All right, try, yeah, try 18. Um, Hayabushi? I don't fucking know. Oh, where do you get that from? The the guy with the with the fake turned up face. Oh, you mean Hakushi? Yeah. No, actually, you're gonna be happy that you didn't get this one. That's just, that was Akibono. Oh uh, yeah, I'm really happy. Okay. All right, try it. That was uh, 18, right? Yeah. Okay, track 19. Here we go. <laughs> Can you rewind it? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> That is perhaps one of the worst themes in WMF history. That is Rockabilly. Billy Gunn. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, okay, two more. Are you ready? Try 20. Yep. yep. Uh, Mordecai? Mordecai, yes. What? What? Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Sure. Why not? <laughs> okay. Last one. Are you ready? Yeah. Ultimate the Dragon? No, it is not. That is Ricky Steamboat. Oh shit! I always get those two mixed up. They sound. They well, sound no. Just... See, you know what though? The confusing thing is, this one is Ricky Steamboat. It's called Dragon. Ultimate yeah. Dragon Steam is also called Dragon. Yeah. Well, that's under. I mean, so the confusion is understandable. <laughs> I mean, let me see, let me see, hold on, hold on, I'm going to see something, because keep, keep it rolling for a minute, because I want to look up Ultimate Dragon's theme, because it sounds really, um, similar. So you keep this one playing? Yeah, just, just, um, no, just keep the, no, keep the recording playing, don't go off the air. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not my fault if we do because it's like five minutes. <laughs> no, no, we got, we got, we got. Yeah, okay. No, fuck, fuck the ads. I don't give a shit. Oh. Hold on, give me, give me ten seconds. Hold on. All right. So that's twenty-one themes, and uh, your score tonight was seven. Yeah, it's the exact same. Oh, it is. It's the exact same. What the hell? Then hold on, because did, did you hear Ultimate Dragon Steam? Let me play Ultimate Dragon Steam, though. 
Because this one's weird then. So that's the Ricky Dragon Steamboat's theme is Ultimo Dragon, right? Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, but look up Ultimo Dragon. Just type in Ultimo Dragon theme. It's the exact same once you listen to it. They they sound exactly the same. <laughs> that is so weird. And, and their title the exact same. I know, right? Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I'm not complaining. I'm just pointing out the. No, uh, I know. No, that's that's uh, weird though. That's yeah. Okay. So seven. Uh, so twenty-one themes you scored tonight was seven. All right, Ben. We say bring the show to a close. Yes, after that sucky score, I maybe mean, I do need to go to bed. Holy shit! Now, what were you saying about Tuesday night? Um, no, no, well, now we don't have to do it because I, I thought, I thought we might do. Oh, like, okay, okay. Yeah, Tuesday, but now yeah, we don't no, have to do yeah. it. No, it's good then. Okay, all right. Uh, so, say so bring the show to a close then. Absolutely. All right, fans. That is the end of our show. Our uh, review for Ring of Honor Final Battle and NXT Deadline. For my co-host, I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Good night to the fans, and and almost more importantly, folks, good night to Elio. And all I ask, Elio, before you go to sleep is... Wait, hold on, hold on, before we do that, I have to plug some stuff here before we go. I can't leave without plugging stuff. Absolutely, go ahead. The first one is this show, the PNC Regression Wrestling Podcast, which you can find on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and Amazon Music Go- Google Podcast. Breaker, Overcast, and now Amazon Music. We are on Amazon Music, so our tagline is true. If you can, if you say you can't find us, you're lying because we are everywhere. Exactly. And you can also find us, myself, along with Tony Diaz and Clay Cummings on Wrestling POV every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn Radio, and. We occasionally have my co-host on this show, the original Pierce, Ben Pierce, joining us. Absolutely. And now we can end the show. Ben, what were we going to say? Just don't forget to properly save this show so we don't lose anything. I don't want you to be too fatigued. You forget to save the show. All right. So, fans, we will talk to you all next week.